Women Taking the Lead, Episode 67. There's 7 billion people on Earth for that specific purpose because we're not supposed to do everything ourselves. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And help comes in a lot of different forms. You cannot do it yourself. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Sarah Spiker, a wife and a mom of two little ones who helps women entrepreneurs make greater impact and serve their clients better. Integrating business consulting and coaching, this international best-selling author specialty is helping mom business owners who are stuck due to a change in life or shift in business to make more money, have more time, and more fun. Sarah, who holds an MBA degree and is a former international recruited NCAA Division I basketball player. And at 6'1", she still rocks her high heels. My goodness. She and her husband are also avid travelers. Now, Sarah, that's only a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Judy, thank you, first of all, for having me. I'm super thrilled to be here. My humble beginnings, well, as you already um, mentioned, thank you. Um, I grew up in Europe, in Slovenia, which is a teeny tiny country. I think it's the size of New Jersey with 2 million citizens, I believe. Um, so I grew up in a town of 10,000 where everybody knew everybody, everybody knew your story, everybody knew what you were supposed to be doing, and got her video stood out. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps you honest, right? <laughs> so just being a 6'1", I remember at one point my grandma turned to me at an event and I said, gee, you're just like a live wall here. No one can see through you. I was like, oh, gee, thanks. Not that I'm already having complex about height. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It really was a kind of picturesque childhood that I remember. It was definitely about experiences. And as a family, we never had a lot um, in terms of materialistic things, but we are really connected and we still are. And it was, like I said, just about the experiences. Um, and recently, I'm, trying, I'm starting to realize here, you know, the disconnect that I'm feeling now running my own business, having my own family, that I'm striving towards materialistic things as opposed to focusing on what's really core value to me, which is building experiences for my family. So I know we're going to get to that later on, um, but it was just something that came to mind and um, speaking of humble beginnings. Mm, yes. And I, I think a lot of moms get, you find themselves in that place, you know, being torn between, you know, the core values and the raising the family and also, you know, being out in the world and expressing themselves and, you know, and to some extent for, for some women, because it's no longer a one salary family, that's almost unheard of these days. Also making money to provide for the family as well. Absolutely. Yes. And Sarah, you've, clearly had success in your life. You've definitely gained some confidence, but take us back to a time when you were playing small and you, and you may not have been aware of it at the time. It's a lot of times it's in retrospect that we look back and go, why did I undervalue myself? Or why did I think I was not capable? Share with us the story and the lessons you learned. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I wasn't really thinking about it a lot for the longest time because the type of person I am, it 
I believe that everything happens for a reason and that from every, not necessarily a failure, but a stumble block, something better happens and something bigger emerges. But if I think about um, playing small, I remember a couple of times when, especially through athletics, um, I had some great successes and um, with academics, I was always told, don't brag about it. You know, no one cares, which essentially is true. No one cares. But for the self-confidence, like, okay, whatever, you know, it's fine, fine. You know, I'll just forget about it. Um, and I have to tell you that that has been an issue later on as a business owner or even before when I was trying to find a job, I did not have that self-confidence about, you know, to step up, stand up for myself. I remember being in a job interview, my first ever job interview, and I was sitting across from the recruiter and he's asking me, what do I want to do? And the story and you know the scared college grad no experience you're sitting there you're just hoping <laughs> for them to say sure come back um I said well you just want to have a job like everybody else right and mm. I remember sitting there and trying to come up with an answer as opposed to saying you know what I don't need this thank you very much for your time and walking out I know that today this is exactly what I would do but then later on having my own business um that playing small was really holding me back for a really long time because it was the fine line between bragging and using that experience and knowledge and accomplishments and everything else um for marketing and credential purposes to establish the credibility within the community so that was something that i really had to learn and work on you know i think that's something that a lot of women struggle with is how to self-promote without it feeling like bragging. Yes. Because the moment it feels like <laughs> bragging, we don't want to do it anymore. And I'm wondering, like, where does that come from? Because men, this is one of the clear issues, I think, that that divide. I think some things that come up in, in on this show is, well, some men experience this, a large majority of women do. I think in this one, it, there's a clear designation because men have a much easier time listing out their accomplishments and they tend to be more comfortable with it. Like there's no issue with men saying, well, I've done this and I've done that. And then we, you know, and in fact, when you meet men, like in a networking environment or an event, like they're, they're like more than willing to tell you everything that they've accomplished. And, you know, they kind of give you their resume comfortably, but women, women don't. And I'm wondering why that is like, uh, like who knows <laughs> i think in, in part um it's the way we are raised in part is the way we are wired um and just from athletics for example i remember guys could have the biggest fight at the practice after the practice they would go out they would hang out together oh my goodness with girls you didn't pass the basketball since i played basketball you didn't make a pass to one person Two weeks later, she was still holding a grudge. <laughs> I'm like, just get it over with. Um, and mm -hmm. I think it's the same here. We just analyze too much and we think too much. And just this morning, I had a conversation with somebody and she said how she would sit down to write something and halfway through, she's like, mm, I don't think this is valuable enough. And she deletes it. Mm. Um, so I think it happens to all of us. It's just... Um, something that we need to cautiously work on.
Mm. You know, and you bring up a good point, Sarah. It, what it made me think of is because women tend to be more focused on relationships, mm-hmm. right? And we take things a little more personally. We're kind of taught to focus on other people, Absolutely. right? And find out about more of the people, let other people get the limelight right past the ball, right? So, <laughs> other, so other people can share in the experience. And I think sometimes when, you know, we're self-promoting, we feel like the we're, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're actually supposed to be promoting other people because this is the one thing I know women are very good at. They are very good at promoting other people. Yes. And talking up other people. In fact, they'll say, I'm good at it. I have no problem with it. I can sell other people's stuff. But when it comes (laughs) to selling my own stuff, I I get tongue tied. My throat closes. I feel weird. It's such an interesting phenomenon. And it's something I'll definitely unpack more as, as time goes on to really get at the heart of it and help people like really get past that. But I think the thing is realizing that, especially when you're a business owner, you have to self promote in order to help other people. Right. In order for other people to be able to utilize your services, you do have to have that credibility and visibility and they'll approach you if you've been self-promoting. Yes. And then definitely is a fine line, even within self-promoting, you know, how do you self-promote? And I think adding value, as cliche as it sounds, it's really a difference between saying, you know, I'm an expert in X, Y, Z versus let me share with you X, Y, Z. That, so you can apply to and here it is I'm putting it out there it's the best content that I have and I'm giving it for free because I'm so confident that once you become a client of mine and you work for me and you pay me for that we're gonna get you even further higher deeper whatever it is mm. so I think that's a fine line that we are still all working on where's the bragging and self-promotion and serving others and just being authentic you know I think the big thing recently that I'm noticing, at least in my industry, is that authenticity, um, where what do you do that really feels true to yourself, even sharing the most deepest, hardest, terrifying moments of your life? And um, where are you just faking it to making it? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. You know, and too, like for those women who are in the corporate environment, you also have to self-promote, right, in order for the people around you to know what you're capable of and that you can take on bigger projects, you can take on more responsibility, you can be promoted, that sort of thing. So this doesn't just live in the business world, it's also in the office environment as well. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay, Sarah, now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. There were actually two. Um, The first one is in athletics and the second one is business parenting relations. Um, So the first one I remember um, for the longest time playing basketball at a high level came really easy to me. Um, it wasn't until my sophomore year in college when things turned not so pretty. Um, I know during the first summer home, I gained a tremendous amount of weight. I knew exactly what was happening, what was uh, waiting for me, being another year away from my family in uh, um, a country that I only knew a couple of people. I was still learning the language. And there were some issues at home as well. So I really emotional eater that I am. (laughs) It was not a good thing. And then I remember my coach calling me into the office and said, you know, I can't start you anymore. You're just 
you're gonna be a number you're gonna be a backup player and my first reaction was oh awesome yeah that other girl she really deserves it she practices really hard that's fine as opposed to what the heck are you talking about (laughs) but it wasn't until um i finally decided that i don't know something just had to click you know as with everything else you could be told i don't know how many times until it clicks something within you nothing gonna happen so i signed up for counseling in school it was pretty much just having a conversation, talking to myself with somebody else in the room listening. And I know that was really helpful. And then I called the conditioning coach, strength and conditioning coach. I said, can I do something extra? I really have to get back in shape. But what it do- did was as soon as I started to work extra on myself, my confidence went up because I knew all the work I was putting in. It resulted in a better game. Um, it resulted in results in school that I was getting and it affected the relationships around me. And then um, a couple of years, well, nearly 10 years later, um, I was going through the same thing after my second daughter was born. You know, I had this successful business. I had two amazing kids at home. I had, I still have, obviously, um, the most loving husband anyone else can ever ask for. Amazing in-laws, not to mention my incredible family overseas. But something just, you know, something just wasn't right. And later on, I discovered that I battled postpartum depression. And you know something's not clicking. You know exactly what you're doing, but you just can't snap out of it. (laughs) Um, But my wake-up call then was when I was on a call with somebody who was trying to sell me their workout program. I think it was a three-month workout program. The special offer on the call was, I think, 15000 That was about to go up to 25000 And I remember my thought wasn't, oh, my God, this is outraging. But it's like, oh, I could actually totally do that. Let me, let me get back to my business to make sure I can actually afford it without putting it on a credit card. I I did not end up buying the program, but it was just that it kind of put things into perspective. It almost put a value on my health again, just seeing those numbers. Um, and it allowed me to really snap out of the self-pity, the whatever story I was telling myself, to really shift into higher gear, take a look at my girls, take a look at my family overseas that I couldn't wait to go see. And I was like, okay. I got to do something. This clearly isn't working. This is what where I've been lacking. I haven't moved my ass for a couple of months. Start to start time to start moving again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and things just start to fall back in place slowly. Of course nothing happens overnight. Um but it was just another one of those okay, it really is up to you whether you continue feeling sorry for yourself covering under covers or faking in front of everybody, the smile, oh, yeah, everything's so perfect, and coming home and losing it, pretty much. Um, or, you know what, I'm going to actually do something about it, and you cannot stop me, even if you try. <laughs> mm, yeah, what I love about both of the stories that you shared is when you were struggling, you reached out for help, right? You didn't, right? There's always that time where we're trying to figure it out at first, right? We, we all try to be strong. We try to be independent. We try, especially as women, we try not to burden other people with our problems and that sort of thing. So we try to do it, but you didn't spend too much time doing that. Like when you realize like, okay, this isn't good. 
I'm not valuing myself. I'm not stepping up for myself. This is not who I normally am. In the college years, you reached out to a counselor and to a strength and conditioning coach. So you didn't have to go it alone. You you got help and support. And the same thing, even in your business and in your, your motherhood, you know, even though you didn't hire the, the health coach that you were talking to, there was the, that was the light bulb moment to realize like, all right, am I valuing my health? Am I taking care of myself? And then you started to reach out to your community and to do something about getting back on track. Absolutely. And, you know, as a business owner, obviously nothing can happen until you have cash flow to support certain things. So it was clearly... It was very clear to me that if I ever wanted to hire a health coach, first I need to be able to afford one. Um, so it forced me to backtrack into things, what was happening, where was I stuck, what wasn't working, and then reach out to experts who are able to help me in each and every field. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, definitely, I am a firm believer that we were not put on this earth. Actually, one of my former clients said that very nicely. There's 7 billion people on earth for that specific purpose because we're not supposed to do everything ourselves. (laughs) I love it. Um, And obviously, I'm stealing her quote. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is hard. It is hard to admit to yourself that you actually do need help. Uh, But there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And help comes in very in a lot of different forms. To some, it is reaching out to a coach. To some, it's enlisting a cleaning person in the house. To some, it's getting a gardener. To some, it's getting a babysitter. To some, it's, I don't know, getting a therapist. Mm-hmm. It really depends on your needs, where you are, what you need. But yeah, you cannot do it yourself. Yes, it's figure out what you need and then ask for help. Love that. And Sarah, what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. We're all different. We have different personalities, different strengths. And so we're going to lead differently. And that is a good thing. It's like you just like the quote from your client, there's 7 billion people on the earth. Like there's no way we're all going to do it the same way. Like we're all going to do it a little differently. So Sarah, how would you describe your leadership style? That is a great question, um, and I had to actually <laughs> look up the leadership styles. Uh, thank goodness for <laughs> Google. <laughs> um, I would say it's a combination of different types. Um, definitely, they all are positive. I always put people first. Um, trying to lead by example, if only possible. And then also the what's so-called visionary and democratic combination. You know, having a vision and trying to get people to follow. And then um, really getting the feedback. I'm huge on getting feedback from people. What do you think? What's your opinion? What's your expertise? Um, And of course, there are moments like everybody else when you kind of feel that you're commanding, you know, and you're like, don't look at me, just do what I tell you to do. (laughs) Sometimes, Um, but that's just a short term. It's not really a long term solution. Yes, I think we've all gotten there too. And especially people who are parents will be able to relate to that. Like, don't ask me why, just do it. (laughs) It just needs to get done, right? Right. But, you know, you take that step back, you know, and, you know, it's just self-awareness, right? We're all going to have those moments where we're like, we're going to look back and go, okay, that was not me at my best, right? But 
if you're self-aware and you can reflect on those moments, you can actually learn a lot from them. And it's huge to get that feedback from people too. Like, how are things going? What could be better? What could we get rid of? That sort of thing. Um, that's great. Absolutely. And speaking of self-awareness, that's another thing that I only started to work on since my three and a half turn decided to go on 35 all of a sudden. And she's very opinionated, um, very strong-willed. And I noticed she was pushing some of my buttons and I would snap and I figured, you know what, that's no way to go. There's reason. So with help of another friend of mine who happens to be an amazing parenting coach, we're like, why don't we chat a little bit? <laughs> um, so yeah, she really helps me to uncover what those patterns are. And it always goes back to childhood, even though I'm not a cliche. Um, so yeah, that's self-awareness and then just going from there and getting my husband's input because we were brought up in a very different way. So I'm always finding that balance when it comes to parenting. But then, of course, he works out at home. I'm home all the time with my home office and business and the kids around. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it does get overwhelming. I have to admit that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's good to, to be finding those outlets and the balance because nobody does it perfectly. You, all you can do is your best. Yes. <laughs> all right, Sarah, what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, since I just came back from Europe where I spent my girls and I went to Europe and we spent almost a month with my family, a lot of things happened on a personal side that really got me thinking on a business side. So when I came back, um, I'm fully charged, energetic, you know, ready to conquer the world. So I'm really taking another look into my business to see what could be improved. Um, because some of the th personal things that took me away from my business really uncovered some of the flaws. Um, and even though it's something that I consistently work with my clients to fix in their businesses, you know, saying about cobbler's shoes <laughs> yeah it's one of those things so i'm super excited yeah. about fixing those and uh take the business to the next level and having more time to spend with the girls mm. you know and i i I'm obviously i'm a coach too and and i'm in frequent conversation with other coaches and one thing you know i think that um as coaches, we recognize is we usually coach around the areas where we really struggled with and stumbled, right? Yes. But we figured out, right, how to overcome those things. And now we turn around and we coach others how to do them really well. Now, there is this um, myth out there, and I think most coaches hold it themselves more than other people hold it for them. There's this myth that because we coach people in a certain area that we always are perfect, in that area, right? And we never stumble and we never have hard times. And that's not true because usually those areas are areas where that's our kryptonite, right? It's our Achilles <laughs> heel. It's easy for us to fall back into those parent patterns. But what we have is a system and a toolkit where we can get ourselves out quickly. Absolutely. Right? Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought this up. But then on the other hand, you know, a lot of coaches that I also talk to as a consultant, they come to me and say, you know, I don't know, I can't help my clients. I cannot help myself. <laughs> and there was another one. I forgot who the person was who said that, but it was brilliantly um, formed. And they said, you know, if you were the best neurosurgeon in the world, you still cannot perform a brain surgery on yourself. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> 
That's it right there, right? And as long as you know the process, right, to get better, to overcome this certain area, you're still an expert. You're still qualified, right? And like we said, we all make mistakes. You just got to do your best when you've identified like a weakness in your business or a certain area, then you just, you take it on, you tackle it and you get it done. Absolutely. It's only one thing, if I may add, it could be way off track here, but since we're on the topic, um, if anybody out there is considering getting yourself a coach, go for it, do it. But I would just advise you to um, check their track record because re- over the recently, over the past couple of years, I've noticed a trend of a lot of people popping up who have have one achievement, uh, really successful on their own case, and they call themselves a coach. But coaching is not something that is kind of... Um, a cookie-cutting approach to every single person. So they have to have a track record in different scenarios that applies to different people in different... Like I said, it could be going way off course here, but just wanted to put it out there just so you're not disappointed at the end. No, I think you make a good point, Sarah, because it's not it's not just that the coach has had success in their areas. Have they been able to guide other people yes. to to success, right? Because and it goes back to not everyone who's good at math can teach math. Yes. <laughs> right? right. And oftentimes it's the opposite. It's the people who struggled with math and then were able to conquer math can then tutor other people because they know how to break it down and do it simply. I've never been able to tutor anyone at math because it, it just came easily to me. So I would never put myself out there as a math coach, right? <laughs> because I probably could not lead anyone else to success. So no, that is a great point. All right, Sarah, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that helps to make you a better leader? Trusting my gut. Oh, that's huge. Huge. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Go to the library or to Amazon and get yourself Circling the Sun by Binka Pulko. It is not a business book, but this woman is amazing. Um, I'm happy to call her a friend of mine. She's also from my country, but it wasn't until we both moved to the States that we connected. Um, She woke up one morning, early 30s, and decided, you know what? I'm done with my job. I'm done with my life. I want to circle. I want to go around the earth through across the all continents on a motorcycle. Well, she didn't even have a motorcycle. She didn't even have the license. Um, She did it. She even took the motorcycle down to the Antarctica. Um, and she's a Guinness record holder and the book is just, it's such an inspiration and the way it's written, it's hilarious. She, she talks about all the anecdotes, fortunate and unfortunate one. Um, even how she had to, I think she married, at least put it on a marriage license to go to be the first woman who rode solo through Saudi Arabia because women are not supposed to drive there. So on paper, she was married to her motorcycle, BMW. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hilarious read. And I would recommend it just to get you out of the business rut a little bit and into that inspiration, gutty, you know what, I'm going to do it. You can't stop me kind of mode and ups and downs. And the trip that was supposed to take, I think, two years took five and a half or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing read. 
Yeah, it sounds wonderful. Circling the sun. I'll definitely have that in the show notes page. And what advice would you give your younger self? (laughs) If I had to pick one, it would be stop thinking and start doing. (laughs) It's huge. All right, Sarah, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. The one that I keep coming to is one dream could change your life. Um, I stumbled upon it on my stroll the first time ever that I was in Chinatown in New York City. And you know how they sell a ton of those framed artworks. Mm -hmm. And that was one of them. And I hung it. It was the only piece of anything that I had on the wall in my dorm room, my freshman year, all four years in college, grad school. And now it's uh, above my bed in the bedroom. Um, so I can see it every single day. One dream could change your life. Mm, I love that. And lastly, Sarah, what is the best way for those listening to connect with you? There are a ton of ways. If you're on social media, look me up, Sarah Spiker, Sarah Oblak Spiker. Um, or just go on my website where I actually have a ton of free um, downloads, including the best-selling book that I co-authored called Wold. You can uh, download the PDF version, www.sarahoblackspiker.com. Mm-hmm. And you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you have a baby in the other room napping, and you've been we've been crossing <laughs> our fingers, hoping that she wouldn't wake up, and we made it. So thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We're all better for having met you. Thank you, Jody, for the opportunity. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas, you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.